Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call the show at 401-737-1287. 1037-WEEI. Southern New England Sports Original. Welcome back to Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. The number to call is 401-777-1037. Start of the show with some college basketball talk. Ed Cooley making his return to Providence as head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas. How are you going to react, Friar fans, when he is introduced at the Amp later this afternoon? And we transition to the football talk a few minutes ago. Bill Belichick looks like he will not be coaching during the 2024 NFL season. Your thoughts on that? And your thoughts on what this means for Gerard Mayo and the Patriots coaching staff. Let's go back to the calls and say hello to Dan and Cranston. Good morning, Dan. You're next on Cordishian Coit on WEEI. Am I on? You're on. Yeah. Daniel, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Daniel. Hello. I'm saying, no, that was not trying to do an imitation. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll save the Belichick stuff for later, Scott, since you're doing the next show. Uh, I haven't had Cooley's thought. Uh, real quick. Um, okay. Obviously, you know, I'm no huge fan of college basketball, but um, so like, the only thing I intimately know about him is the off-the-court stuff, which I would never incriminate myself. You could get me to talk off the record, but um, as far as, like, Scott, you gave a couple examples of um, like, I think it was the NCA selection shows where you said every team has uh, they're on TV or whatever. He's the only coach who's like right in the middle of every team. Yep. Didn't you bring that up one time? Yeah. He, look, he, he Ed did. is yep. to, to answer your question. Yes, and you, you you could not see a bigger juxtaposition than he and Kim English. Uh, you know, Kim English is is not all about himself. It's it's about the kids that he coaches. Ed loved the spotlight. It was, it still is about him at Georgetown. Yes, he has to be front and center. Market me. I'm the guy. I'm the face of the program. That's the way Ed wants it. So, and the other example is the time that you said he contacted you and you wrote an article at Go, Go Local right. way back when. Right. Right. So, yep. I mean, you know, those are character issues. Okay. That tells you a lot about a guy. I'm sure there's more examples than him just calling you. So I, I think, unfortunately, you know, he just he's kind of like what a lot of other college coaches are. He's like a snake oil salesman. That's what he is. He's a thin-skinned, narcissistic snake oil salesman. I don't I, think well, that's look, a, a, prior, an prior unrealistic fans, characterization. But, but, you know, you prior say fans that, feel that way. it's go hard ahead, to go. argue with his results, right? So we have to give him credit. He – Providence College basketball was good on his watch, and he left the program in a much better place. So if you, by calling someone a snake oil salesman, that just means they're a scumbag who couldn't do anything. He did good things, okay? Uh, I, I'm not saying, Scott, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just talking this cat. I'm saying it's a personal character thing to me. I, Rick Pitino is a snake oil salesman. 
Okay. Urban Meyer is okay, a snake oil salesman. They okay, had great results. Fair. fair. Okay. No, fair, I, fair I, I, I know. I know what 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 Dan's saying here. It's it's like that, and that's what the Fire fans feel because like the whole us we together family Friars thing right. now feels hollow because of the way things went down and he left, and that's why people. You just talked about what, what does a snake oil salesman do? A snake oil salesman tells them something that they want to hear. And then he reenacted exactly. the donor thing you Scott, you were talking about. That is what a snake oil salesman does. Like yeah. dictionary. Yeah, exactly. Picture, put the picture yeah. here. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? And the other thing, Scott, you were right about, you were right about a lot of things with this guy. But he came in at the right time. He did a good job. But Tim Welsh and probably a lot of other guys could have had somewhat the same results given the same set of circumstances that he was given in a different league. You know? that yeah. I, I think that's totally valid as well would you agree yes this providence college men's basketball uh program and head coaching job is a much better job in this current big east than it was under the old big east so my point is whether it's rick barnes Pete gill and tim welsh i'm not saying they would have had the same success as ed cooley but i bet you they could have had something similar and they would have done very well and probably a lot better in this big east as opposed to the old one because because they were they were a small fish in a big pond in the old big east now they're a big fish in a much smaller pond Okay, uh, one Tom Brady thing real quick. Um, that this may be the most unreported for, for everything around here. Like if Tom Brady, Tom Brady takes a dump, like it's news, right? So I have no idea what, what no idea why this didn't get more uh, new, more uh, noise than it did. But so on December twenty third, I just looked this up to make sure. Remember when he posted a thing on Instagram saying I almost unretired in May. Yep. And then I was yeah. talked out of it by my family. Uh, Brock Purdy said in a couple of weeks ago, I, just, I read the article. It was to a guy in the San Francisco Chronicle, I believe. Uh, Kyle came up to him last spring and said, you're our QB1 unless we can get Tom Brady to unretire, which is our yeah. goal just for 2023. Mm-hmm. The 49ers wanted him to be the quarterback. This yep. is from Brock Purdy. This isn't like hearsay. This is Brock Purdy yeah. on record in an interview. And yeah. I just can you imagine how cool this would be right now if that was he'd be playing for it tomorrow. So I'm sure so they would still be there. So so the 49ers, some would argue, some might say it's Baltimore, but the 49ers might be the odds on favorite still to win the Super Bowl. They would be the prohibitive favorites if Brady was a Oh yeah. Of course. Of course. I and him I working in that offense. Talk. Oh man. Can you get I can't believe because he actually said I there was an after that Instagram thing I think he did something on one of his Jim Gray things they were talking about it uh, like just his his retirement he didn't get specific I think it was actually back in October and he was talking about how he really wanted to do it but his family literally was reading him the riot act that he couldn't and that surprises me especially from he was saying what his parents were like saying no way because you only get one retirement. And you know, on retirement, you've used it up. But you think for the hometown team that they would have just said, "Sure, why not go for I, it?" I know. I really I know. I, yeah. I think I agree with you, but but I also understand where his parents are coming from. People, if he had unretired a second time, people would be like, "Oh my god!" And uh, he would have been like the boy who cried wolf. Nobody would pay attention exactly anymore. And yeah. you know what I mean. So I get where his parents are coming from because I think it would have tarnished his image in the eyes of many if he unretired for a second time. But 
what I hoped, and it didn't happen, and things worked out the way it happened going to Tampa Bay, I thought San Francisco should have been on him from the jump. When he was leaving New England, I thought the 49ers should have been on him from the get-go. Yep, yeah, that was the mistake. Yeah, that'll just lead to a bell check comment for me, which I will hold on to for another hour or so. So talk to you in a while, Scott, and Thanks, have Dan. a good weekend, Nick. Take Thanks, care. Dan. You too. Yep. Thanks. You and, too, buddy. And, and yeah, look. What, I, what I think of, Scott, with – you know, the Brady thing, and if he were to unretire again. You remember the old uh, This Is Sports Center commercial they did with the uh, that was based on, um, you know, the Paul Revere and the lamps with Brett Favre and saying, he's coming back, he's coming back, whatever. That's what it sort of would have turned into. It was like, is he going to retire? Is he going to retire again? Like, and, and back then we're all, like, rolling our eyes because it's like, all right, is, is this guy done? Like, you going to keep doing this? Like, yeah. that, that's sort of what I – I think that would have been the public sentiment, and so it's probably probably that's what he was getting preached by his family for. You know, I didn't watch First Take this week, but I saw this headline on ESPN.com yesterday. Uh, okay. Stephen A. Smith essentially said, I guess, that Bill Belichick's legacy has been tarnished because of his decision to move on from Tom Brady, and he could not be more right. I mean, do you realize that if Belichick had hung on to Tom Brady to the end of his career, number one, he wouldn't have had the post-Brady record that he had, right? Uh, Any winning Tom Brady would have done from that point forward would have been with Bill Belichick. Uh, I I just can't even tell you how, how, how that decision alone has really tarnished Bill Belichick in the eyes of many. In other words, how good of a coach is he? It was all Brady. A lot of people feel that way. Again, you know I'm a little bit different on that. But his decision to move on from Brady because he thought Brady was getting near the end turned out to be his undoing. It really did. When it comes to the greatest quarterback of all time conversation, there's no conversation right now. It's Brady and it's everybody else. I think we used to feel that way with Bill, but now there's a conversation. You know what I'm saying? I think it restarted the conversation just a little bit, particularly if, you know, Andy Reid keeps winning at the high level that he's winning at. Uh, you know, we'll see where he goes from here. But, like, I, I think it restarted it because it's like, well, he won because he had Brady and then everything else, and that it restarted that. And then we have people like Stephen Fall River who call the show and tell us how bad Belichick is and how it was all Brady and all that. So, like, but that was opened up because he moved on from Brady and ever since then, it's the results haven't been what they were. I, I will say this. I'll give Belichick credit for one thing. He has balls because he took the harder road by letting Brady go. The easy thing to do would have been to keep Tom Brady to the end of his career because no Patriot fan, no member of the media that covers the team would have blamed Belichick for holding on to Brady till the end, right? I mean, the greatest player of all time, you want him to finish in a Patriot uniform. So even if Brady sucked in New England his last three, four years, you can say, hey, we owed it to Brady to hang on to him to the end. This is the way it turned out. It's unfortunate. But nobody would have blamed Belichick. He took the harder road by saying, I'm going to move on from this guy. I think I can win without him. And not only did it not work, it blew up in his face. It, it, it well, the wild, to- the wild thing was it, it started out like, well, maybe he, he can get this done. Because you remember the – the beginning of the season, the COVID season with Cam Newton, you know, Cam looked pretty good the first couple of games. We're like, oh boy, like, you know, yep. you gave Bill Belichick Cam Newton and then sort of things kind of fell off. But then he drafts a rookie quarterback and they get to the postseason at one point where the number one seed that December yeah. in the AFC. And you're like, oh, look at this. 
Yep. There's there's Belichick coaching up another kid, another quarterback. Yep. The last two years have been what has really, you know, I think put a put a dent in you know the conversation with with Belichick because of the decision to go with Patricia and Judge as a coordinators and the falling off of Mac Jones and the things behind the scenes, like all that. The last couple of years is what I think has sort of put a dent in it. And I'll tell you right now, and I've been banging this drum for months and months and months now, I am a diehard Patriots fan. There is nothing more that I enjoy than seeing the Patriots win on Sundays and be in contention for and be a playoff team and make a deep run in the postseason. That's what I want. And for that reason, I'm rooting for Gerard Mayo. I am scared as hell of what the future holds, the near future for this team. I don't like the direction. I think uh, I think in another few years we could be talking about some lean Patriot seasons and Mayo's job could be on the line and we're going to be looking at Bob Kraft saying, what the hell did you do? You know, I, I, mm. I hope I'm wrong with that, but that's how I feel. I mean, I'd be lying if I said my gut tells me we're in for, for more lean years ahead. We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Number three pick. I mean, that's the exciting part. A lot of cap space. That's the exciting part. Like, you know, I'm interested to see how they build a team this offseason. I think that's the exciting part. And then who knows on the field. But I think expectations of them becoming what they have been the last 20 years, you know, those have to be lowered. I don't think we're going to see anything like that again. All right, let's go back to the call. Steve in Fall River, you are next on Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. Good morning, Steve. I am not going to make ever again the argument that Bill Belichick is not the greatest of all time or where he ranks, it's futile. I always thought it was more Brady. I said on Facebook to friends, when Brady leaves, this is in 2015 after a game, I said, when Brady's gone, turn the lights out. The party's over. I say he wasn't done after the playoff game here where he lost when the rest of the world wanted to run him out of the building. Bill Belichick had a chance to prove me and everybody else wrong over the last four years, and he didn't. And I'll just leave it at that. He didn't. There's no whatever reason why he didn't. Objectively, he didn't. Obviously, we were more shaded, jaded, or whatever about where he was going. We were going to we were going to get draft picks for him, Scott. Remember that? We were going to, nobody wants him in the league as a free agent, but we were going to get draft picks. So the rest of the league is seeing it more clearly than we are. But what we're seeing in the league now, and you brought it up with Mike Vrabel not being hired, is these teams are taking their time. It used to be there were, there were openings, and then they were filled by all the, I call them the retreads, the Marty Schottenheimers, the, this guy, the that guy. Everybody had a job who used to be a head coach. Now we don't have that. The teams are knowing that there's something going on in the world. They're looking for that guy who's connected to the rim. Where's this Raheem Morris from? Under his records underwater, right? It's Where awful. He, yeah. Did he come from one of the favorite organizations? So, well, he was the interim head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, believe it or not. But he was also the head coach of Tampa from 2009 to 2011. He's yeah, got but an where did he record. just come from? What franchise? The Rams. He came from the Rams. Okay, Correct. isn't that one of the people you want yep. to come from? There's yeah, but, people but, that there, there's people are looking into this. These, these trees where these people come off of because they want a, a sniff at that system. This Again, and this might be some things true when I used to say no, that the game has evolved and maybe Belichick hasn't evolved, and that's why his, 
his uh, disciples haven't evolved. And maybe that's why Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel should always have a job. He's had he made the playoffs. He's got a winning record. He was a former player. Why isn't he? I mean, he in the old day he'd be have a job yeah. in twenty four hours. So that's there is something thing. cooking in the league. And who is the biggest? Who would be the biggest retread? Bill Belichick, seventy one years old. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Completely against what is happening with young head coaches and guys coming from a certain pedigree. Uh, I, I just sure. see that happening. Uh, about yep. the Patriots, I said, I quipped something. I, I wish I was wrong. I said, when we look back in this decade, that seven-game winning streak in Mac Jones's rookie year may be the highlight of the freaking decade. If if uh, if uh, Aaron Rodgers goes back to New York and is healthy, and all three quarterbacks in the league, in the division are healthy. We have we have to be we have to realize we're in fourth place. Maybe we'll get five wins. Yeah. Maybe we'll get six wins. Maybe we'll have a few tough games against opponents we lose. But we're in fourth place. We need several drafts. Bill Belichick left a crumbled mess, like a like an earthquake is up at Patriot Place, and we're just starting to get the rubble sorted out. There's no one draft third pick. There's no cap space that's going to change that reality. And we have to start figuring that out. Maybe, I hope I'm wrong about the seven-game winning streak, but that may be the highlight, my boys, for the next well, several years. A, yeah, there's a, there's a long way to go. And thanks for the call, Steve. There's a long way to go in the in the decade. Um, and they've got a lot to work with here this offseason. I mean, the counterpoint to that would be, well, look at what the Houston Texans did when they found a good young quarterback, uh, one of the best good young defensive players in the league, the Patriots had one of the best young defensive players in the league before he got hurt early in the season in Christian Gonzalez. So it's basically like they're getting him back. Um, I mean, look, if you draft right, you sign the right guys. The counterpoint is you could return back to contending, you know, quicker than you think. Yeah. And, and to Steve's earlier point about Raheem Morris and, I don't disagree with them that there's something going on in the league. You're looking for that new young, fresh blood and the new way of doing things in the National Football League, and that's why there's uh, been a move away from retread hires. I agree with all of that, but when you talk about Raheem Morris, oh, the Rams, yeah, they, everybody wants that system. No, it's the offensive system that people covet of the Rams, not necessarily the defensive coaches, right? I mean, people, when you talk about the Rams and coaches from their staff, it's usually they want the offense just because of, you know, what Sean McVay has done with them. Anyway, uh, 401-777-1037 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. We'll take a break. When we come back, Joey P. gives us his producer's question of the week. We'll talk about the AFC and NFC championship games, maybe touch on a little Celtics and Bruins. You're listening to Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.